How is your prayer life? If you are like most of us, it has seasons and sometimes lacks consistency. Prayer, faith, and holiness are key to reaching your destiny. Join Prophet Nanaseyo Pukusakode as he encourages the body of Christ to get closer to God in prayer. Consulting anything for your distressing, they will attract the judgment of God on this mountain. Prophet Nanasei Pukusakode is an end time seasoned firebrand prophet and an evangelist with a unique preaching ministry anchored on prayer. He teaches and prophesies the word of God with signs and wonders. Everything that belongs to you, may the Lord gather you from the west, gather you from the east, gather you from the south, gather you from the north. May you stay in the center of your way. something in the spiritual laboratory today as I was studying. I don't know whether it's today. No, early morning, I woke up around three and I was studying. I just got hooked to the word of God and I pick up something. Hallelujah. That um, if you are looking for something and the thing is not coming, it's not God's fault. No, it is not God's fault. God can never be blamed. Let's get that thing straight. For instance, I'll give you an example. If you are sick and you want healing, eh? God's purpose is that you will be healed, but you must use the word of God to fight for your healing. If you are looking for a husband and you are not getting it, God's purpose is that you must be married, but you must have an authentic word you use to fight for your marriage. The reason is that there is another kingdom that is opposing your breakthrough. And you must understand that there are some things God cannot do for you. If there is anything the devil has tricked us off, it is the place of coming to the place that God must do everything for us. So a lot of us are operating what I call irresponsible faith. Tell somebody there is a fight to fight. No, no, no. Say with the devil of tell the person there is a fight. There is a fight. The Bible calls it the fight of faith. And when you engage in that fight, God calls it good fight. It is not going to come just because you think that you have prayed. You must fight the enemy. So you don't fight God for the breakthrough. You fight the enemy. Apostle Paul said, the door is already open, but there are many adversaries. So who opened the door? Come talk to me. Who opened the door? Who opened the door? After God opened the door, what else do you want him to do? Which people have, what, who, who, who brought the adversaries in front of the door? So what God is trying to say is that I have opened the door, but the adversaries, I don't fight them. <laughs> so if you sit down thinking that, why is it that God is not letting me enter the door? You may stay there till Jesus comes. You have to fight the adversary. Where, where, does it, where, where, does it, where does it say that we must fight? Okay, he came back and took the authority Adam gave to the devil. He took it back. 
But he will not need the authority in heaven. Because there is no opposing force in heaven for him to use it. So he said, that authority that I took, I give it to you. Oh. Oh, you don't understand what I'm talking about. All authority has been given to me. And I'm giving you that authority. That you will tread upon serpent. I will not tread it. You will tread upon serpent and scorpion. And over all the powers of the enemy, I will not do it. And when you try to do it, nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Either God is telling the truth or he's lying. So why don't you believe? So there are a lot of us here, we are not really fighting. Hallelujah. Most of the prayers we are praying is even complaining. You can play complaining prayers. I have done this. After complaining prayers, when we are trying to tell God what you have done, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what you have done for God. Somebody has done better than you have done. So you cannot come and intimidate God. Hallelujah. Stand on authority of his word. It's not a matter of what you have done. It's not a matter of what I have done, what I have not done. Because if you are not there, God will still find somebody better than you to do it. So you are not doing it because it's a right. You are doing it because it's a privilege. Why is it that I'm not married? Look at how beautiful I am. I don't know why men are not coming. No, you don't do it like that. What does the Bible say about your promise for marriage? You fight it. Now look at Luke chapter 18 verse 7 and 8. It's a promising aspect of prayer. But before they spoke a parable that there was a judge and there was a, there was a, a judge who doesn't fear God nor regard man. And there was a widow who keep coming to me and say, avenge me of my adversary or give me justice. And the judge will not do it for a while. Jesus Christ was using as a, as a, as a, as a comparing nose to what God can do. And when he came to verse 7, he said that, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night, even though you avenge, but the key is that they must learn to cry day and night. <laughs> You didn't hear what I said. So it doesn't affect people who cry occasionally. Oh, 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 oh. Do you know from the man, your father holding the microphone to everybody, everybody has something he's fighting. Apart from my intercession and everything, I have my own things I'm fighting. The devil, if there's one man of God, the devil hates in this country, it's me. Just because of my intercessory life. Because whatever prayer is, it intimidates and troubles the devil. So don't compare me that, hey, this man of God, nothing is even happy. As for that, every time, no, no, they are not praying. It's possible they are not praying. Even if they are praying, the prayers is not hitting anywhere. Mm-hmm. The more you want to press in, the more you become the enemies. Because right now, from the morning to now, you cannot with your naked eye compare the damage you have caused in the spirit. Oh, you clap for Jesus. You cannot. You cannot. That is why, that is why it is important that you learn to live by faith. We cannot. If God open your eyes and you see demons running and you see all, all kinds of demonic traps being destroyed, if you see the devil's gathering scattered, if you see somebody that ever want to destroy come about, you will be happy. But God said, I might not show you, but believe it. Yeah. It gives you the confidence to pray. You don't need to see it. Hallelujah. So, shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night to him? <laughs> How many? No, occasionally. No, occasionally. Not once a while. Not coming in the morning and stop. He said day and night. Day and night. That is why we are here in the morning. We are coming after. We are coming. It's a scripture. It's biblical. Day and night. You will lose some sleep. You will lose some flesh. You will lose some fatness. You will lose some sense. Sometimes fasting has a way of messing your equilibrium. 
it, it, make you, it doesn't make you think straight. It makes, it, I, I even realized something about fasting. You can be very quick tempered in fasting. Yes. yes. These are some of the symptoms of fasting. Sincere, not boastful. Sincere, you get agitated. You do it, the Holy Ghost comes and then you confess. It's just the symptoms of fasting because your body is going through something it doesn't like. No. Doesn't come easy. Look at somebody and tell the person, Jesus trusts in you. As a good soldier. We are all military people on the war field, but we are crying. So just don't cry when they are in the military, when they are in the war field. No. Right now, what we are doing here is, 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 is we are in a war field. Mm-hmm. Not every soldier go to war. Some of them, they have never been to peacekeeping force. Especially those who sew uniform. <laughs> Even the police, it's not everybody that they used to counter a lot of things. We have the panther. They deal with very strong criminal cases. Not everybody, it's not every police that they use them to, 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 to stand against armed robbery. They have a special squad for that. So it's not every soldier man that Jesus used for certain battles. Thank God you are one of them. There's no victory without a battle. If you join the army, you'll make a vow that you don't love your life again. Because one of the vows in the military is that you can lose your life at any time. That is Apostle Paul compel us. But in order for you to go to the battle and come back, you have to be very careful. So this is an army. We wrestle not. The Bible didn't even call it war. He called it wrestle. Because when it comes to war, then it means that the person is on a distance, you are distant, you are shooting. Wrestle is a combat. You touch one another, close combat. And in the wrestle, the rules are very rough. Because in wrestle, they can tear your jaw. In wrestle, they can break your hand. In wrestle, the person can throw you and hit you on the ground. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, this is the interesting thing you must understand. That is the confidence and the consolation. Whilst you are in the wrestling ring, even before you start the wrestling battle, God has declared you a winner. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you are more than a conqueror. That is why I said that you are not fighting for victory. You are fighting from victory. But if you refuse to fight, you can lose. Even though you are fighting from victory, you must still engage. Because if you don't engage, one of the best ways for warfare is offensive and not defensive. I'll teach you the strategy in the physical. You study America has a way of fighting a battle with another country. And what they do is that they bring the battle to your nose. Normally, when there is a battle between a country and a country, it must affect it. what is happening between Russia and Ukraine. Russia shoots missiles, Ukraine shoots missiles, it goes there. America says no, they will bring the battle to your nose. It's called an offensive weapon, it's called an offensive battle. So, whilst they are destroying your place, their camp is intact. So, in the battle, of when you engage the battle in an offensive way, those who are, don't have military training must stay protected. Because you to take all the people into the battle. That is why Iraq, there were a lot of civilians who became casualties. 
You are fighting from victory. But if you decide not to fight and you stay there just defending what you have, the enemy can mess you up. So the best way of spiritual warfare is to always engage the enemy. Engage him. Engage him. You push him here, he goes. You pursue him, he goes. You pursue him, he goes until he turns his back. That is why some of you sometimes you can finish a long fast like this. The moment to Monday you wanted to just do some abankwan to recover your flesh, God says, start another fast. You can hear. How many of you have happened to you before? Yes. God says, hey, I don't want you to eat. Because where the battle has got into, it's not time for rest. There is nothing so fearful in this battle like pushing the enemy on the territory you have taken and he's coming back to take it. Shall not God avenge his own elect who cry to him day and night? Not casual, not one day, not casual. If there is a problem, there is a burden on my heart. And the burden that is on my heart is that the Ghanaian Christianity is becoming too casual. Normal Christians just come to church Sunday to satisfy your religious conscience. When I read church history, the people who stay revival, they didn't live that way. One of the best ways for God to use you is not to even love your own life. That's what Jesus said that. <laughs> if you want to follow me, then deny yourself. The first thing is that you deny yourself and you take up your cross and then you follow me. Do you know what it means to deny yourself? Certain pleasures you are not involved. No, 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 before you clap, before you clap, because there is no pleasure in fasting. Some of you love movies, you are not watching it now. Oh, thank God for that. Some of you can watch television from chin to chin, you are not watching it now. Oh, Jesus Christ. People come to me and they ask me things about the media. I don't know. I don't listen. Do you know the whole year I've never listened to any radio station? Not the whole year, maybe years. I'm not interested. No. The kind of battle I fight, eh, even what comes to my spirit is very important to me. I protect my eye gate and my ear gate. Because faith comes by hearing, so fear can come by hearing. What are you hearing? God will not protect that one for you. <laughs> Take heed. Jesus said, take heed what you hear and take heed how you hear. This is what Jesus said. He said, take heed, be careful. Be careful what you open your ears to hear. Be careful who is doing morning show that you are hearing. Be careful who is saying something that is bringing demonic oppression into the country. Be careful. Not all men of God preach faith. You can listen to a preacher, by the time you finish, fear has come to your heart. Hallelujah. Shall, God, shall not God avenge his own elect? I love the way the Amplified Version put it. Jesus Christ. Ha, especially in verse 8. But he said that, uh, Amplified Version said, I and will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect, his chosen ones. Are you one of them? Yeah. Who cry to him day and night. Will he defend them and delay help on their behalf? It's a question. Will he defend help and delay what? Help on their behalf. Look at verse number 8. I love it. I love it. I tell you, he would defend and protect and avenge them speedily. Yeah. <laughs> however, however, in order for such defense and the protect and avenging come, there is, a, there is an ingredient that you need. There is something that, that my God must find in you. However, when the Son of Man come, will he find persistence in faith on the earth. 
That is going to be my key. Persistent in faith. Persistent in faith. Anybody that is a persistence in prayer will also develop persistency in faith. So, speedily, Avengers doesn't come outside of persistency. Wow. When persistency ceases, complaints takes over. I have been praying and praying and praying. I don't see anything. I have been praying. Since I started praying seven years, God should give me a husband. So, can God open one man's eye to see me? It seems like your persistency. Because faith never say, faith never gives up until the answer manifests. Because every time you give up hope, defeat takes over. It is a principle. In the realms of the spirit, there's no vacancy. Once, once you create the vacuum, something must occupy it. So when you give up the fight of faith, defeat, fear, and anxiety takes over. Am I sharing something with somebody here today? Persistency. Now, how do I fight the battle? Because sometimes you must also understand that is the point I want to teach you now. Because in prayer, there are prayers and there are prayers. Most of the prayer we pray here is what we call um, intercessory, persistence, and traveling prayers. Everybody say traveling. So traveling prayers means that we stand constant and we pray. That is why when you come among us and you don't have that kind of thing, you can get very frustrated because we, we persist in prayer. We pray through and break through. And most of our prayer, watch this, most of our prayer is based on Romans 8 and verse number 26 and 27. He who searches the heart, likewise the spirit also helps our infirmities. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings we cannot. Who maketh intercession? So in the first place, uh, give me the New King James Version. That's when I quote it. Just give me the New King James Version. Hallelujah. Uh, likewise, the Spirit also helps our weakness. Everybody say weakness. Now the weakness in prayer does not mean you have come and physically you are weak. Sometimes you don't even know what you have to pray about. Especially when you come to meetings like this and first time you pray for your husband and you are fed about the prayer of faith that it shouldn't be repeated. So I've prayed for my husband. I've prayed for my dog. I've prayed for my cat. Then when you come, you are locked up. What do I pray about? That is why God gave us the scripture. It is the benefit of speaking in tongues. One of the major benefits of praying the Holy Ghost is this particular scripture. That likewise, the Spirit also helps our weakness. We don't know what we should pray. Sometimes when we stand, we don't know. And even if you know, cry, the little we know, after we finish praying that, we are, it's over. But the Bible says, when we start speaking in tongues, because he that speaketh and not to speaketh unto man, but unto God. Now, tongues... Is still be in your closet in the midst of a crowd. You didn't catch it. So I'm sitting between Mrs. Kuban and Sheila. And then we are all sitting here. If I stand and pray and I say that, oh Lord, you know the way things are very difficult. I really want you to do something about my situation. Uh, it looks as if financially things are hard. At the same time to... Uh, things are not going the way they are all on my business. That's right. Especially this one. <laughs> She's on my business and he's yelling. And sometimes you even stop the prayer and as if they are but they're really hearing what you are praying. <laughs> that is why anytime we pray and then we say that people should pray with the understanding, the, the, the thing come down. Because we all don't we, we all suspect one. Look at somebody and say, I suspect you. Tell somebody I really suspect you. 
No. So, so when you say, the, 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 don't pray with tongues, then, then you see that the, 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 the volume and the amplifier come down. So people even give a distance. They intentionally as if they are walking, but they want to hide in the corner. Because a man make canoe, you shouldn't hear. Confessions of sin, Lord. You remember the man that I chopped his money? Uh, I chopped his money, but I didn't go out with him. Lord, I'm merely asking you to forgive me. Sadly, we wait to because hey, gay is not here. So I can't say it for you to hear. All of us are some things that nobody must hear. Sometimes you don't want your spouse to hear about it. Oh, can I have a witness here? No. So tongue talking gives you privacy in the midst of a crowd. That is why one of the one of the quotes of prayer he said that pray with your mind on God and not on the problem. So tongue talking is that you meditate on the thing you are praying about, but it's coming out with tongues. Now at the same time, you can also guarantee that the time because you are meditating on the God is going to answer it. Because this is the thing about tongues. He that speaketh in unknown tongues, speaketh not to man, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. How beat in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. So the mysterious thing about uh, tongues is that, but here Apostle Paul really explained it that huh, the spirit, the capital word you see there means that he's talking about the Holy Ghost. There are two spirits operating here. Likewise, the spirit also helps our, our weakness. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. We don't know, but the spirit himself. Why? Because this is the what you must understand. The Holy Ghost is in you and is by your side. It's a mystery. How do I know that? How do I know that? If the spirit of him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwelleth in you. Oh, come on here. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 11. If the spirit of him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwelleth in you. And you also know that the Holy Ghost is also by your side. So that is a mystery. That is a divine thing. That the man is in me and is by my side. You remember the Bible said, no, you know that your, your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If somebody is standing outside this particular auditorium, it's not the same as somebody inside. So we explained that the, pe- the people were in the auditorium, but this person was outside. It is a similar to the Holy Ghost is in your auditorium. That is your body. Oh, 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 oh. I'm teaching this morning, but you are not listening to what I'm saying now. So, so if the spirit of you that, so the Holy Ghost is inside you. And because he's inside you, the Bible said that he, uh, 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 Romans 8, 26, uh, and the spirit himself. If you look at the spirit as capital, if you look at himself as capital, they will never refer that to a human being as a capital. So he's talking about the third person of the Godhead. So the spirit himself, the spirit himself make an intercession for, for, for us. So if you want to personalize, you can say for me, the Holy Ghost make intercession for me. So whilst I'm speaking in tongues, the Holy Ghost, you know, and I love it, and I love it, I love it, said that make intercession for us with groanings we cannot be uttered. That's a very strong theological, I don't want to go there. But verse, verse, verse number 27 said that, now he who sets the heart, because he's in you, he sets your heart. Who he knows what is in the mind of the spirit. Once he's searching your heart, he knows what is in your mind. He knows that you want a boyfriend. He knows that you want a fiancé. He knows that you want a permanent cream. So because of that, as we are speaking in tongues, he pick your tongues and make intercession for you according to. He makes intercession for you according to what? The will of God. This is what you understand. Because sometimes eh, there are some things you want them, but you don't need them. 
And God doesn't supply your want. He supplies your need. That is why the Bible put it there. He makes intercession for you according to the will of God. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, God gives you things you need. So you realize that a lot of you sometimes, you get some breakthroughs you didn't ask from God. I didn't specifically ask God to give me this, but he brought it. Why? It might be probably that it, the Holy Ghost pick it up in your tongue speaking. Oh, you are not listening. It's a benefit. Everything that benefits the kingdom, the devil will find a teaching around it. Don't ever deceive yourself to think that Satan attack alone is like dreaming and seeing some things and seeing some things and seeing some things. I am very troubled about the way people dream in our generation. I'm getting troubled. And I was reading Bishop Wade Post uh, book and I was talking about the traps of the dreams. Because there are some people in the church, they never dream good. How many of you have had people, anytime they dream about you, it's a bad story? Have you noticed that that thing is becoming very rampant? And then they say, they dream and they dream. And it's like, we are emphasizing on dreams than God's word. So even when the dream comes, we don't even check the dream, whether it's in line with God's word. God will never contradict his word. Never. I don't care how t- sharp you think. Because if you think your dreams are sharp, Satan can use it. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Is it because you prophesied yesterday? There's no guarantee that God will also use you the next prophecy. Peter confessed that Jesus is the Christ. The next time he said it, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And when you check, it was just the next verse, or the next just about two, three chapters. So how can a man hear God just a few minutes ago, and now he's hearing the devil? Listen to what I'm saying. We need a word. We need a word. I have come to the place to know that we need to saturate our spirit with the word. Because I'm going to teach you a principle very short and I'll get out of your way. That if you are, if you are fighting something and you have prayed and you have fasted, you have gone under somebody who has the gift. Because for instance, there are different ways God heals you. God can use the gift of healing. So if you bring an evangelist, for instance, he is preaching, not necessarily about your faith. He is operating for what is called the gift of healing. If you see Pastor Chris doing a crusade, he's operating from the gift of healing. And the gift of healing doesn't even need your faith. That is why unbelievers can be healed. So the man is a Muslim. The man came to the crusade. They said the man is open. And Elijah is standing on the platform and said, Ah, 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 salam alaikum, alaikum, salam. They said, What is this? Ah, ah, I can't see you, but now I can see. The man is not born again. The man is not saved. But because the gift of healing is in operation. This is why a lot of you mix it. So sometimes, when you are sick, you want God to use the gift of healing. You can't twist God's hand. Because if I don't have the gift of healing, then once a while, it depends on the atmosphere. Jesus Christ was preaching and teaching. The presence of God was there to heal. God can bring a certain uh, uh, anointing in the territory. But if somebody who has a gift of healing comes around, it will operate automatically because it's a gift. Now, watch this. If somebody carries a prophetic anointing and you sit under the sound of the, the person's voice, even his preaching becomes prophetic. Yeah. So sometimes when I'm preaching, your eyes can be open, pa, it's a prophetic. Yeah. That is how you to pray. When you sit there, there's something driving you to pray. There is something driving you to get closer to God. One of the major assignments of the prophetic anointing is to get people's heart closer to God. 
So if you sit under a genuine prophetic anointing, there will always be a desire for purity and holiness. There will be a desire to get closer to God. If you when you are tired, you are pressing, there will be a desire to always want to, to stop a certain life and live a better life. It is, the, it is the symptoms of the prophetic anointing. If you sit under pastoral anointing, you will, get, you will get care. Your pastor can come to your house and iron your shirt for you. No. 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 That's a pastoral work. No. If you go and fornicate and you come to your pastor and tell him, you say, oh, 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 Jenna, oh, I've, I just prayed and God has forgiven you. Oh, God even told me, even though you did, he's going to give you a, a car just very soon. Just to know that you have But you don't report that to a prophet. No, it's, it's, it's dangerous. No. It's not, it's, not, it's not my nature, my character. It's the gift in me doesn't permit. No, you don't do that. No, no. Because, because, because the prophetic anointing doesn't want you to compromise. No, and on the worst case, don't tell an apostle. Now, look at the way Paul reported. Do you see the way Apostle Pan? Give me Luke, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me show you an apostle's judgment on somebody who has sinned. It's very strong. Even the prophetic is better. Watch this. Yeah? It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And such sexual immorality is not even named among the Gentiles. That a man has his father's wife. Huh. So the guy slept with his stepmother. And the church was the church was acquiring a patch papa. They say, Yeah, man. And the church was giving him fans. And the apostle picked it up. Now, look at it, verse number two. And you are puffer. The people were puffer. Your man is fans. This is the guy who slept with his mother. Hey, Lord, the guy is strong. Hey, Kwaku Kwaku, he said, Yeah, man. Then Paul said, huh? And have not rather more. Now, if this is a pastor, we will just talk about it. And then we close it down. Look at the apostolic judgment on it. And you have no more that he who has done that this deed might be taken away from you. So if it's an apostolic garden, that person must be excommunicated from the church. No, I'm teaching you Bible. Go to the next verse. Huh? For I indeed, as an absent in the body, only whole. Paul is in another state as an absent in the body but present in the spirit. He said, my spirit is there. Even though I'm not there physically, my spirit is there. Present in the spirit. I have already judged. Hmm. Apostle Paul said, I have already judged as though I were present him who has done this deed. And look at his judgment in the next verse. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, verse number five, deliver such a one to Satan. Apostolic judgment. This one, I prefer to not even try. I can never come to the place to deliver somebody to the, to the devil. He said, deliver such person to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. And inspired him so that, that his spirit might be saved. So he secured his name in the book of life, but he torment his body on earth. That's what Paul is saying. He said, body not the at the end. I see a tormenting. So <laughs> the rare apostle that has seen Jesus, don't mess with them. And you can't just blame them. It is the heart God gives to them to handle that ministry. And how can they pray like that? I see some of you are doing your face like a Ghanaian face. Are you the one? Who, am I the one who wrote the Bible? Didn't I read the scriptures to you? The scriptures cannot be broken. So when you meet an apostle, you have to be careful. 
You can fool around your pastor, but don't bring it to the apostolic anointing, no. They will not tolerate those nonsense. No, 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 no. That is why it's no good for apostle to pastor a church. He can only start the church. When the church gets to a place, he has to leave. Because if he stay there, you scatter the whole flock. It is dangerous to let apostle handle a church for more than one year. Once the church is established, it must move along. Because apostles cannot pastor a church. They can't. That is why you can see some big charismatic churches in Ghana. The church grow and the church will scatter. The church grow. The man has an apostolic ministry. He must stay back and put a pastor there. And that's half an overseer. So Paul will go around on the churches. All the churches he planned. Timothy was here. This Epaphroditus was here. This one was here. But he will never pastor a church because if he stayed there, he will scatter. A pastor will never do this. Because the heart of a pastor is a shepherd. That is why when we were spraying the finger, the pastor is this finger. It's called the love finger. That is why you put a ring on. So the pastor is this finger. The evangelist stands tall. He will go to every place that nobody wants to go there. Every bush, evangelist go there and preach. Huh? You, no, no, sorry. This evangelist is very tall. You go there. This is the prophet direction. When you are trying to show somebody something, you don't do like this. You point, okay, this place. So the prophet gives direction. This is the apostle, very obutant team. And the apostle can touch all the rest of the ministries. This one is a teacher. Why so? Sometimes when your ears are doing something, this is what you use. Eh? The teacher can push the word of God into your ears if you are not ready. But apostle is a different man. Because when apostle started, God will give him a, a, a temporal pastoral grace. But it has an expiring date. When he crosses that grace, you start destroying the same church he has raised. Eh, I don't even know why that is sometimes. When you sit in a pastor, you become a bomboy. A bomboy is a 22 years old guy who is still holding feeding bottle. So when you even meet a fiance, you go and say, Mommy, this guy, what do you think? My mother said, No, I can't call him in Penifanoco. No, but my mother That's a bomboy. If you go and marry such a guy, you are in trouble. Because every decision he has to make, he has to go and consult his mother. No. We have guys like that. Look at one of them and say, you look like. Tell one guy that you look like. Some of them think that they are very smart, they are that, but they are, they are guys like that. Their mother controls their home. It controls everything. And you, the woman, might not know, but the heat, there, there is another force that is controlling the house. There's another force. He's a bomboy. If you sit there, this is the interesting, the Bible says the five-fold ministry are for the perfection of the saints. So every child of God must taste an apostolic ministry. You must taste a prophetic ministry. You must taste an evangelistic ministry. You must have a pastor. Some of the gifts can operate interchangeably. For instance, two of them are not good for pastoral work. The evangelist and the apostle, they are not very good for pastoral work. The reason why the evangelist is not good for pastoral, unless God really work on him, because he loves crowd. Because the evangelists love to see crowd. Crowd get them excited. When they come and see small people like this, he's even already angry. So he can come and take the puppet and blast everybody. Because the only thing that gets them excited is when they see crowd. A prophet can also pastor, but the people that he pastor 
must understand the kind of ministry that the man has. And at the same time, it will take God a long time to work on him to come. And even if he's pastoring, he must be surrounded by pastors. If you have an apostle, evangelist, and a prophet in your church, there are things that they will not be interested in. But pastors, for instance, no prophet will be interested in officiating wedding. Because if I preach in your wedding, it might not be like a wedding message. When I was not even refined very well, I preached my brother's wedding in order. It became a revival meeting. Can you imagine I, the, 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 the groom fell under the power, the bride coat was somewhere, the groom heart, and the whole thing was a mess. The first two weddings I preached, it became something. No, 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 no. Revival. People were falling under the power. Made of honor. One of them carried, you know, they addressed you some way. People have to cover them, everything. No, because you can't restrict that is the gift that's in operation. So if I don't come to your wedding, it's not, no, 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 it's not. Hallelujah. If I come to your engagement, it's a ceremony. But when I come there, I'll start picking all the witches that are there. So you don't have to go there because you just have to stay back and pray. So much as you are pastoring the work with a fatherly overseer on it, you must have pastors that handle things. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't think you are listening to what I'm saying. So coming back to what I'm talking about, eh, those are the things you must understand in your walk with God so that you go. Now, now that you are praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and seeking the face of God, there is another thing I realized that you, you guys don't have it. When the prayer is not breaking through, when the gift of healing is not working, when fasting is not really opening the door, your only hope is a confession of the word. I'll say that again. If everything around you is not going the way it has to go, whether you are looking for deliverance or healing, and the thing is not going, then constant confession of the word is your only hope. And a lot of us has not learned that principle because some of you can only confess the word casual. Everybody say engrafted. Are you familiar with that word? Okay. Sometimes uh, you could see, I don't know how they do it, but in agriculture, that's the best way. They can engraft um, a mango, or let me say uh, orange tree, on an apple tree. So you go, you see that the, the tree is coming, there is a branch like this that bear apple, and there's a branch that bear orange. They, they, agriculturally, they have a way of putting this one somewhere and put some things, and then it, it, it develops root and grow and feed. So it's engraftment. Now, even though the thing is an orange, it has become part of the apple. It takes its food from the apple and is bearing fruit. 
Constant. Now, for instance, I'll give you two examples. When you go to hospital and they give you medicine, eh, the medical doctors are healing you through your flesh. What did I say? It goes through your vein. It's like when you go and you have, let's say, uh, uh, a tessellate amodiquine. It, it is a medicine that kills malaria. There's another one called chloroquine. When you take the tablets, sometimes you even have reaction as if you are weak and that. It will, it, you take it, it will go through your intestines and they begin to work. There's another faster way you go. They just inject you. They find a vein. So when they inject you to a vein, the vein works faster than the tablets. Now, so they are trying to heal you through your vein or your flesh. There is another medicine also that heals, but it doesn't heal through the flesh. It heals through the spirit. Give me Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 22. Mm. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 22. Come to 20, Proverbs 4, 20. How did I go there? Everybody shout, my son or my daughter. So it means that God is talking to you direct. New King James Version. Give attention to what? My words. Incline your ear to what? My saying. The next verse. Do not let the word depart from your eyes. Keep the word in the midst of your heart. When I do that, what will the word do to me? For they are life to those that find them. And health. If you have a Bible with a marginal, you see that they have the written medicine. Give me the amplified version of this particular one. Amplified version. Let me see what you write. <laughs> For they are life to those who find them healing and health. The Moffat translation is a medicine. So what God is trying to say is that you go to hospital, you have malaria, they give you uh, a tessellate amodiquine, they give you, because you are getting temperature, so they have to give you uh, paracetamol, either syrup or tablets, and they will tell you that in the morning, take four at a stretch. When you take the four, then take two of the paracetamol. The amodiquine is going to fight the malaria virus or whatever, parasites, and then the, 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 the paracetamol is going to fight the temperature. They are doing that through your flesh. God said, I also have a medicine. Amen. This is the interesting thing you must understand about the two medicines. This medicine cure all diseases. But all the medicine we have on earth can only cure a particular medicine. Because what do I know that? For they are life to those who find them and healing to all. It will not just work for you because every medicine doctors give to you must be taken in total. It means that you must take it by the prescription. I was doing the man, I'm the driver, the minute man, no man, I wait, I may find it two, two, two. I said, when I tell me more than you once. This a lot of people do. Don't go by the number here in time. Because we're a waste of time. They're healing fast. No, so a lot of us come to God with terms, in our terms. You see, when Naaman was coming to the prophet, he has his mind how he must be healed. So Naaman's spirit said that when I come and see Prophet Nana, she has to just stand on the chair like this. And use his towel and wave it two times. Hit me, pa, and I'll be healed. 
Now, the moment that thing works, then it seems that the man of God is now in control of the healing. We are not in control, we are vessels. That is why if you want the healing anointing is operating, the evangelist cannot tell how many people God has healed unless he calls for testimonies. He can't tell. Because God is the one doing the healing, you are the one is using. The gift is on you. Who receive your healing now? Do what you cannot do again. Then you see the cripples are walking. You see this one is jumping. God is the one doing the healing. You have you are to hear the testimony to even know that God has healed somebody. That is the gift of healing. But if you are receiving healing by faith, God says it will not just work. Verse number 20 gives us systematic order for you to take that medicine. The first one, according to verse 20, is that give attention to the word. If it's healing you want, you must probably know all the healing scriptures in the Bible. And give attention to it means that your word is in front of you every time. Even if you don't have the Bible, you are not holding the Bible, the word is in your spirit. Because this is where I'm going to teach you a principle for you to understand. The way the paracetamol and modacin go to your blood and kill it. The spiritual healing, you must confess the word until it gets engrafted to your spirit. You must confess the word until the word becomes part of you. Once the word becomes part of you and any issue, then the word will begin to knock off whatever the devil has put in you. That is why they ask you to take 20 tablets, two in the morning, two in the afternoon, two in the middle. The first three will reduce the amount of the parasite, but it has not completely cure all of them. The next time when you repeat it, it will reduce you to 50%. The next one will reduce you to 75, 25%. And then it comes back to about maybe 5% more for you to cure. And then when the medicine is finished, they will tell you that drink a lot of live soup, drink a lot of this. It means that, watch this. What medical science virtually does is that God created our body such a way that the body itself is designed to fight sickness out. So when there is a cut here, all the immune systems will gather here because they see an alien in the body, they want to get it out. Medical science don't actually heal you. They give help to the immune system to fight. No, you don't understand. So, so they, because your body itself, it is designed in such a way, if not because of the Adamic fall, it's not supposed to be sick. Because in the Garden of Eden, there was no provision for healing. Why? Because there was no opportunity for sickness. Oh, you, are, you, are, you are not listening to what I'm preaching now. One of the things Jesus Christ did is that he reverses us back into the Garden of Eden. But this time, you must get there through fight of faith. Ah, I don't know whether you are getting it. Christianity is a confession. <laughs> faith. There is something about what you say that go into your immune system. That is why your Bible says you can never be different from what you say. If there is any attack of the devil on your life, it is to help you to speak what you are not supposed to say.
So much as you believe in working hard to make money, you can also use your mouth to become a millionaire. But it will take consistency and time. That is what Jesus asks in Luke chapter 18, verse 8. If the Son of Man come, can he have persistent faith? Now, this is how persistent faith is. It is when you feel the temperature is there, your body is hot, everything shows you are sick, and you are still confessing the word. It pleases God when you trust in him. Watch this. Watch this. When we start confessing and the temperature start coming down, you are in a level of faith. But if you keep confessing for three months and the temperature is still there and you are still confessing, you have moved to trust. This is where a lot of us fail. When the test of the trust comes, it is one thing for you to stand outside and say, I'm not going to bow to the image, King Nebu. But when you come close to the fire and they hit the fire seven times, and you say you still not bow, then you have moved from faith to trust. If you don't take care, you wake up one day and get angry that you are still feeling symptoms in your body. I don't even know why God, I don't even know. You get angry. Your spirit man will get angry. And your anger will not change anything about who God is. God say, I will heal you, but you must fight your healing with my word. God say, I will give you children, but you must fight your barrenness with my word. So get a word, and sometimes you must confess the word 5,000 times before manifestation comes. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 23. Give it to me quickly. Hebrews 10, 23. Wow. King James Version. <laughs> when I see some of you, your eyes, it shows the way you like sleeping. You could see that you are finding difficult. Jesus Christ. Let us hold fast. <laughs> Give me the Amplified Version because the word profession. Hmm. Romans 10, 23. Come to the New King James. Let me see. New King James. Everybody read it. The reason why the Bible puts hope that if it's supposed to be faith is that the manifestation has not come yet. So God is saying that when we start confessing, by his stripes I'm healed. By his stripes, it doesn't mean by tomorrow the sickness will go. But if in, in respective of the contrary symptoms, hold fast. Why should you have to hold fast? Hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering. It means I don't have the slightest doubt that whatever God is not able to do it. Why shouldn't I do that? Because as you keep confessing, the one you are confessing to, let us hold fast our confession without wavering. For he who promises is going to heal you is what? The Bible says, nothing shall cast the iron or be barren. So I'm confessing that I cannot be barren. I cannot be barren. You can confess that because Abraham confessed it for 30 years. So your two months is too short. <laughs> How do I know that Abraham confessed? Somebody say, can you prove it to me? Yes. Romans chapter 4, verse number 17. <laughs> Huh. 
There are some things I confess it for five years before I see a sign. You don't even see, because you see, <laughs> when Elijah was praying for healing, he didn't see Christ. He saw the crowd in the face of a man. Because sometimes when the God is even bringing the manifestation, the way he brings it can even discourage you. But Elijah must have faith to say that, go and tell Ahab to go, because that small sign is a sign that God has shown a sign. Because sometimes when you start praying, God will give you a little sign. And when the sign comes, you must lock it up with your faith that God has shown up. Later, very little son. The guy came and said, Master, I buy the old woman, but because a crowd be The reason why you could even see the, the to see a, a, a crowd in the face of a sign miller, the drought is has changed the atmosphere such a way that you don't even see crowd. It's so dry, it's so sunny. Then suddenly you were looking through boom, and then you see a small black dog like a moon. Or like a star. Then you say, well, when I was watching where he said I should watch, I saw something small and look around. I said, black and I shine a crown. I said, black and I shine a crown. I said, that's the seventh time. He said, that is it. I have to really teach this. Because if I don't teach it, a lot of people will live here, the devil still. I was trying to find out how the devil still a lot of things that we get. Because sometimes, eh, it is, you see, staying under the anointing, if I've ever smoked weed before, it's like smoking weed. I've never smoked it, but I tasted one when I was in secondary school. Because some guys took, that's why I said, so one of the guys who have never gone there, when he was smoking, his leg was like this. When he finished, he said, <laughs> And they were looking, they looked for it for one hour, the guy was still standing there. Because, <laughs> We, it is my high, 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 high. So when you stay under the anointing, like you are smoking, you become high, high, high. And when you become hyper, you think you can do everything. So when you become hyper in the spirit, and you don't mix it with faith, and you meet an opposition, you come back and say, God, he didn't move. Because God is not moved by your emotions. He doesn't work through you by your feeling. I am not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. God is moved by what you believe. So sometimes, you might not have any feeling. It doesn't mean the answer has not come. That is why you cannot even base a powerful prayer on how you feel. Because the Holy Ghost can let you feel hyper in prayer. You finish praying, then you are walking like this. And you feel the Holy Ghost. And sometimes you finish praying, the prayer is dry. You cannot say that when you feel hyper, the prayer is answered. Because what things whatever you desire, when you play, don't feel, believe. Oh, somebody will give the Lord a clap of it when I finish preaching. So once you pump it with feeling, God will just redraw back. I'll teach you another thing. I'll teach you another thing. Sometimes you are trusting God for healing. And then you see that you are 50% here. When I say 50% here is that whatever symptoms you are dealing with is coming down. The moment you base your faith on that 50%, God can test you by bringing the symptoms back. Because 50% of your healing cannot still be compared to your total confidence in God's way. Because once, 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 that is why a lot of women, eh, if, if they see that, if they are trusting God for children, they don't see their menses, then they know that they are really pregnant. But I've also seen people who are pregnant and still menstruate for five months. Yeah. 
Yes. So instead of waiting to see, or some, some men even want to wait till their wives are in ovulation before they sleep with them. It means that you are not based your, your you are not basing the childbirth on God's way. You are basing it on science. Because the problem is that now this is how faith you must understand. If you believe that it's only sperm that can produce a child, then it will be difficult for God to give it to you. And you, it also contradicts the scripture because Jesus Christ was walking on every human being with nose and eyes and blood, but he was not produced by any sperm. Come on, you didn't hear what I said. So, it must be some faith. Sleep it is, safe period, non-safe period, whatever, leave the rest for God. Because those people who have children, they cannot tell that whether their wife conceived in safe period or non-safe period. The thing just came. Because children are not manufactured. They are gifts from God. Uh, you are not listening to what I'm preaching. Come on here. We have to teach the faith. We have to teach the faith. Because some people walk around as if they have faith, but you don't have. Sometimes I think that I have faith. And by the time God opened my eyes, I said, the thing I was praying was no faith. Sometimes you can even operate in hope and you think it's faith. Because hope is always postponing the miracle. It will be better tomorrow. 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 Faith say, I have it now. But if you have it, show it. Then you show the word. What you show is when a plant should believe that I receive it. I believe I have received it. So when you believe that you have received, what do you do? I'm thanking God for it. Oh, I thank you that I'm pregnant. Oh, I thank you that I'm pregnant. Oh, I thank you that my firstborn is coming. I thank you that the firstborn is going to call Emmanuel and he'll be a prophet of you for, in his time. And I thank you. Menses is coming, you are still thanking God. Menses come or no come, you are still thanking God. Uh, whatever it is, you are still thanking God. Then you are in faith. Let us hold on to the confession of our faith. So, when we see people who are going through crisis and they are sitting down, meaning the crisis are, they are not hanging on anything. They are not hanging on any word of God. The only thing that moves God is His word. I'm going to show you a scripture about the power of confession. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. When you start confessing the word of God, what is God doing? By His stripes I'm here. He took my infirmities and bore my sickness. I feel weak in my body, but let the weak say I'm strong. He himself bore my own sins in his own body on the tree, but I haven't died to sins who live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. He will restore health unto me and heal me of all my wounds. I cannot be sick. Satan, you can never touch me. I, I will not let you. You can never steal my health. You have never stolen it. You will never steal it. I will not permit you to steal me. I will not die before my time. You cannot kill me. I will not permit you because you don't have the key of death. The key used to be in your hand, but Jesus has took it, taken it. And if Jesus have it, then you can't fake any key to kill me because I am he that lived and I was dead, but I will live forevermore. I have the keys of death. You used to have it, but Jesus has taken it from you. I have a covenant with God. I am a living branch connected to a living vine. The life of the vine flows through the branch. It is called confession of your faith. And you take that into healing, you take that into prosperity, you take that into defense, you take that into fruitfulness, and you are doing it. Oh Lord, they are not listening. <laughs> Jeremiah, what seest thou? He said, I see a rod of an amortis. Okay. Then the Lord said unto you, You have well seen. 
I am ready to perform my word. But wait a minute. Let me give you the amplified version. I love the way the amplified version puts it. There is no incurables with God. If you can stand on the faith. It is a fight. Then said the Lord to him, You have seen well, for I am alert and active. Watching over not your doubts. Not your coming to church. Watching over the word you are confessing to perform it. So I, I, I submit to you that you are praying. But this one is a missing link in your life. So if it's divine healing, then get all the scriptures that talk about healing. And the Bible said that, according to Proverbs chapter 4, attend to my word. Incline your ear to and sing. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of, don't let it depart from your heart. Keep them in the midst of your eyes. So the words, my own opinion, I said, no, by his stripes I'm here. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm here. By the stripes of Jesus. How do I know? Do you know how I know that God can cure every sickness? No, every sickness. Hallelujah, I know. Because sickness is a curse of the law. Every sickness is a curse of the law. But when you read the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, Moses listed all the curse of the law. He listed different sickness. But when it came to verse number 61, God has a sense of humor. By the time they were writing the Bible, HIV was not around. Tuberculosis was not around. Maybe that one, was, that one is in the Bible. Tuberculosis was in the Bible. I've seen it. But some sickness we have now was not around. Ebola was not around. So God knew the devil would bring it. So in verse 61, look at the way about it. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse number 61. Now, you go to verse number 58. Let me show you something. Verse number 58, he will talk about some of the sickness. If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law, law, law that are written in this book, then you may fear, you may fear this glorious and awesome name the Lord your God. Verse number 59. Then the Lord, the Lord will bring upon you or it will permit upon you and your descendant extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged, plagues and serious and prolonged sicknesses. Go to the next verse. <laughs> you, you, come to, you come to, let's say, verse number like 40. I'll show you something. I want to show you some of the sickness he mentioned about verse number 40. And then let me show you some things he said about. Thank you, Jesus. You shall have uh, olive trees throughout your, your, your territory. But you shall not anoint yourself with the oil of, of your... Go to the next verse. I'm, I'm looking for the place where the sickness is. Mm. You shall begat sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. These are all the punishment. Locals shall consume. Go to the next verse. Wow. Then aliens... and I'm, I'm looking for the place where the sicknesses are. Go to the next verse. Keep on going. Let me see. Huh? Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue you, overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. This is the people under the law, not you. To keep his commandment and his statutes in, the, in, in which he commanded you. Go to the next verse, let me see. And they shall be upon you. Oh, 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 oh. Come to verse number 20. Verse number 25, 20. And the Lord will send on you cursing confusion, rebuke in all that set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you are forsaking me. Verse number 21. Wow. The Lord will make 
the plague click onto you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. Curse of the Lord. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever. Have you seen it? With inflammation, with severe burning, fever, with sword, with scorching, with mildew. Oh, they shall pursue you until you perish. All these are the curse of the Lord. And your heavens which are over your head shall be bronze. And the earth which is under you shall be iron. This is walking in disobedience to the Lord in their time. The Bible says we are not under law, we are under grace. Now watch it, let me show you something. And the Lord will clean, the Lord will, will, what? will change the rain of your land to powder. So the way rain comes, it is powder. Powder being necessary in your friend is saying. And yours, it can be destined powder. So God gave them all these curses. And when you take your time to read it, he mentioned different. Go to the next verse. He talked about different sicknesses. And the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out to one against them and come out. Go to the next verse. Oh, huh? your carcasses shall food and shall be food to the beast. Go to the next verse. Mm. The Lord will strike you with the boys. Pompo. Do you remember that is what he used to judge the Egyptians? Huh? So he was telling them the things that do. So he mentioned a lot of the sickness. And so every sickness is a curse of the law. Every sickness is a curse from the law. The curse of the law operates in, in three things. Spiritual, the poverty, and sickness. So every sickness that comes to you is the curse of the law. But when you read the Bible, you will not see Ebola. You will not see some kind of sickness in our time. Hello? You will not see it. You will not see different kinds of sickness. There are sicknesses now, if you want to go to us, the doctors don't even know what it is. But God has a sense of humor. He put it there in verse number 61. After he mentioned all the sickness, verse 61, he said something that shocked me. He said that, <laughs> also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in this book of the law, So he said that one day there will be different sickness that will come in. And by the time we come to Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, he has made provision for this one. Galatians 3 13 is, what is it? Huh? So sickness is a curse of the law. Galatians 3 13 said, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Which means that if I have any sickness, I can say that, ah, Ebola is a curse of the law. According to, according to Deuteronomy 28 verse 61, but according to Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of Ebola. And as you keep confessing it, Ebola must leave you. I just taught you what. Sometimes they teach you the curses and they don't teach you the way out. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. And the curse of the law, one of them is sickness. So when you quote Galatians 3.13, it's against Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 61. Period. But if you don't know Galatians 3.13, Satan can put Deuteronomy 28.61 on you. So my people are destroyed. They are praying, but they lack knowledge. Somebody shout, I am redeemed. Who redeemed you? How did he do it? At the cross. 
They beat his back. He was bleeding. And the Bible said by his stripes we're here. I used to think that Jesus Christ conquered grief when he died. But I saw that he even conquered when he was walking on earth. Because he called four days dead from the grave and he came out. So if he was walking, he was a master of the grief. According to the book of Ephesians, everything that happened at the drama at Calvary was a predestination. It was just a shadow. God has already watched it in heaven. It was a replay on earth. So Jesus Christ was not crucified 2,000 years ago. According to Ephesians, the lamp of God that was crucified before the foundation We were watching the thing, but God, he has already watched it. Before eternity starts. So the lamp of God was crucified before the foundation of the earth has happened. You were just watching the replay. So when he came here, he was still master of the grave. Lazarus came for four days. He didn't need to die before he died. He was not dead, but he told uh, uh, Martha that I am the resurrection. The resurrection you are talking about that you are projecting in the future is the one standing here. And, and, and if, if, if at that time he didn't have authority, we say, Jesus, this is where Jesus will put it in English, I will be the resurrection. He said, I am. So I am not going to pay the price, already settled. So Lazarus come forth. Once I'm here, I'm master of the grave. The second thing I know, he said, I know he was the master of the grave, is that this is what he said, I have power to lay my life down. How can somebody die and pick his life again? And he said, I have power to pick it back. So that is why I know that nobody killed Jesus. He died. Because he didn't say they killed him. He said that I have power to lay down my life. And when we study the scripture carefully, when they came and checked all the two thieves, they were dead. That Jesus Christ didn't die. He gave up the ghost. It means that he surrendered his spirit willingly. Because it is not possible to kill a man who has never seen. Because the wages of sin is death. And if somebody has never seen, they can't get the wages. You are not listening. This Jesus you are following is bigger than the way you think. I submit to you that we have authority we are not using. There are some people, they, they are not touchable. It is with us in our generation in the realms of the spirit. God says, it's not me. I have given you the authority. I am backing it with you. But you have decided that these demons, I can't handle them. And so when you realize that you can't handle them, then you give up and then find the story around it. It happened to this sister, and even to live uh, and go to be with the Lord. So I think that is my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If God have to put uh, 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 whatever, whatever, a transmitter on our mind and to show the things in our heart, you'll be shocked about people. You'll be shocked about the way people think. You'll be shocked about the state of people's mind in Christianity. You'll be shocked about the ignorance. 
I'm not even talking about wrong things you have done. I'm talking about your state of mind and, 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 and the way you see God. Hmm. Wow. 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 I present to you another strong message after your fasting. Confession. And the Bible said that when you start confessing it, cast not your confidence away. It has a great recompense of reward. He said you will need patience that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. So the distance between your confession of faith and the manifestation of what you are looking for must be sustained by the pillar of patience. Romans chapter 4 verse 23. Watch Abraham's confession for over 30 years. Oh, God's word is good. <clears throat> I cannot be sick. I cannot be poor. I cannot have accident. I'm not going to heaven because of sickness. By his stripes, I'm healed. <clears throat> he himself took my infirmities and bare my sickness. Romans chapter 4 verse 17. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead, and called those things which be not as though what? Hmm. Who, contrary to hope, in hope believe, so that he became the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, according to that which was what? At that time, there was no Bible. So to hear the word, you have to hear it from God himself. So the Bible you were reading, Abraham's own, once I want to Abraham, I'm going to make your, you like, I'm going to make your descendant like the stars of the air. That is the word Abraham has. And God will not write it, he will just say it. So the Bible said, uh, against hope, ah, uh, who contra? I love the King. Give me the King James on this one. I am, I'm, I'm very, because I've studied the King James. Who again so believe in hope that he might become the father of many nations? According to that which was spoken. According, not that it's now going to be, it's not that God is now going to speak. It has already been spoken. That's a pastor. So Abraham didn't have a Bible. That time the Bible was not around. All these things Moses wrote, God detected it for Moses when he was there for 40 days and 49. Because when God was creating the world, nobody was there. So if God is telling the story, there is a detection. God was just telling Moses that right things that happened, huh, that were there. Huh? If one day, Pastor Martin, you are telling your sons about what, how this thing, if they come and your son has grown and you see this and you are telling them, the guy was not when we were laying the foundation. So whatever you are telling him, he is writing as a result of the father who saw it. So God was creating, when the God said in the beginning, I created the heavens and the earth, and there was chaos, the earth was without void. Moses was not there. This is me, you can't even quantum how it happens. So God is only telling Moses things that were not there. So at this time, Moses was not there when Abraham had this encounter. You are not listening to me. So God was telling Abraham that, I want you to write this one so that a generation, including those who will be praying for Potter City, will learn. 
And God is saying that Moses write it down. Because now, eh, I am not going, that is why a lot of you want God to be speaking like the way he's speaking in the Old Testament. He's not speaking because whatever he has to say, he has already documented it for you. So I submit to you that if you want God to tell you something, he's saying that I should tell you that whatever he's going to tell you will not be different from what is in this. You want him to tell you that you will, will prosper. He said he has already said it. I wish above all things that you will prosper. So I've already want you to prosper. But Abraham time, there was no Bible. So the word of the Lord, this is how it comes. Oh, once a year. White, white. They don't have feathers. Then you have to descend and call them. Hey, man, how are you? Now, I had them on Because those days, you know, people don't have neighborhood. You can pitch your tent and you and your servant. So you don't see any stranger. So when you see strangers, they consider them to be different people. That is why when Abraham saw the angels, he invited them to come and eat. It's very difficult to see angels because when we are invited demons about faces here. Now, so Abraham called them, they came and eat, and then they didn't look like they were casual people walking around. And they looked like those angels said they carried the authority of God because they don't they didn't they don't speak like angels. Now, a man Abraham has finished feeding. This is the way the man is talking. In the time of sinners at this time, I will return. And your wife shall conceive. Is that the way angels talk? It seems like they carry the authority of God. When they speak, it's like God is speaking. He said, I will return. One of the powerful archangels. Now, those angels say, God told the Israelites that Moses, I will let my angel go with you. Don't provoke him. Because you provoke him, he will strike you. Because they carry my authority such a way that whatever they do to you, I can't even intervene. One of them, his assignment was not to make Zachariah dumb. It was not part of the assignment. But he did it out of his own belief. Hello? So Abraham was there. Once in a while, the word came. So, oh, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. And I just told him, you know, oh, but you know, I'm going to say, and now when you say, I'm going to 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 say, I'm to Obedient Abraham. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten. Okay, I read my bread. Okay, now I start saying, okay, so cool anymore. To start to have one word to go. Be one another word to take a question. Okay. Just to tell him one thing. Okay, I start saying, I'm going to send him back. What can I hear? I said, maybe about 10 million about my bread. I said, that is how your descendants will be. Hey. And you don't have a child. We also sank on a quarter. That is the word. Maybe I just said two years. You have to be lucky for the time where you are in now. Having the Bible, you are not reading. Yeah? Do you know why I know that? This is what Jesus says. Abraham, them wish they would know your time. A lot of prophets wish they are in your time. So you have, we have no excuse. Look at the Bible, Jesus Christ. Among all the people born of women, nobody is greater than John the Baptist. But the least in the kingdom is greater than... It means that what Jesus is saying is that John the Baptist is greater than Moses. He's greater than Abraham. He's greater than Ezekiel. And he said the least in the kingdom is greater than even John. Because John is the last prophet of the Old Testament. He didn't come under the dispensation of grace. Dispensation of grace starts from the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Ghost converted our heart and changed our spirits. 
All the righteous people who were kept in paradise, they couldn't go to heaven because the price to go to heaven, the first physical body that must go to heaven is Jesus' body. To pay the price and pay the worst to go. So Mary, don't touch me. I have not ascended to your father and my father. I must present this body first before anybody touch it. So, Jesus Christ, that's what the Bible says, when he dies, he went to hell, and he went to also paradise. So, it is when he went to paradise that he preached, and all the righteous people like David and Abraham, them, now has the has opportunity to go to heaven. But before then, they can't go, because the price to go to heaven has not come. The first mortal body then that went to heaven was Jesus' body. That resurrected body must go before everybody can have a way to go. It's big, it's big, it's big, it's big, it's big, it's big. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Aren't you glad? And he said, so you are greater than Moses. Some of you want a rod. But with the authority of the Jesus name you have. Even by the time Moses or Caesar came, God didn't give him a rod. This is the thing I'm still preaching. Joshua came back and said, Lord, we want to seek the face of God. God, thank you very much. I'm so appreciative for this thing you have done. I, I never thought that I would be the successor of Moses. I thought to go to the Levite and pitch, uh, choose somebody. How can a soldier man be uh, the prophet? Okay, thank you. I have agreed. But please, I, because Moses went to the mountain, he didn't come with his rod again. Two things. I brought a rod or you give me one. Say, <laughs> so get away from here. Hey, how, what do I do? Because Everything Joshua saw with Moses' power was in the rod. Stretch your hand, touch water. That so also Moses' rod I'm telling you. So at the time he went to the mountain, he went with his rod. He never returned back. So I can see Joshua say, "Lord, what is my rod?" He said, "Get away! You don't need a rod." Hey, so what am I going to do? He said, "This book of the law." If the book of the law was powerful at that time, how will it be at the, at the better covenant? The Bible says you are in a better covenant with a better promise. We have authority we are not using. We don't even know who we are. The devil is taking advantage of our ignorance. We are not confessing the word. We are only complaining about business. We are not confessing the word. Confessing comes in when the enemy is trying to take what belongs to you. And you are not fighting God. You are standing authority on God's word to claim back what belongs to you. This book of the Lord must not depart out of your mouth. Joshua, you must meditate on it day and night. You must observe to do according to what the book says. If you do this, you don't need a rod. You make your way prosperous and you have good success. So the word is what you need to have all your needs met. The word. Healing, deliverance, marriage, peaceful marriage, better fiancé, the word. If you stand on the word, you can get a better man. You don't need your eyes. What does the word say about choosing a right partner? Know them by their fruit. Not the car they drive. Not the car they drive. Not where they work. Check their standard of Christianity. And you know the manifestation. The way they tell you, the way they pray with you, the way they handle you, you can easily know. You don't need prayer. You don't need a prophet. You don't need a prophet. All this while you tip him, prophet, and me say, I'm a sorry, I'm a gay, I'm a fiancé, I'm a prophet, I'm a God is listening to all kinds of nonsense prayers. Now, I'm being a new being a near, I'm brana, I'm being a new, I'm finding a sabacus, 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 and sometimes you can also go to a meeting where the prophet is operating the spirit of the devil. 
in order to trap you, then the devil will tell him, do what, that drama. And then the prophet comes. See, sharp. But the point about this is that in order to check the acid test of that prophetic word, where did God say that you can have a PNC? By a prophet putting his hand on your head. So even if you don't know the word of God, you can receive a demonic prophecy. And you accept it as God. The moment you come here and I give you a prophecy, by the time you sit down, the next thing you must can in your spirit is that. Oh. Your mother is a witch. Is the one that is doing this and this and this. Well, that might be true. But if it's as powerful witch as he is, then when I was a baby, I was not even a Christian. How, did, how didn't he kill me? If he couldn't kill me in my weak states, is it now that I have Christ in me? It is called superiority mentality. So you have put the devil behind you by the word in your spirit. Because the purpose of that prophecy is to try and put enmity between you. It is a foundation of a battle the devil wants to spark. Because he knows what is called parental authority. So now he's going to create enmity between you and your mother. You are going to hate her. You will not do the responsibility as you have to do for her as a mother. You are going to start even praying against her, which God is not happy about it. Because that same witch breast is what you suck. So I will be too immature and novice for you to come and tell me that my mother Regina is a witch. And I will just, even if it's that, it will never cross my mind to walk and be suspected. No, I've left that stage. So by the time the devil do that, he has got a hammer. Now he has pushed you to live contrary to the word of God. Honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you. He is now having a scripture that he is using to stand against you. Because now you are dishonoring your mother. Because a prophet has told you he is a witch. A prophet has told you. He didn't say, he said honor your father. He didn't say if he's a drunkard or he's a Christian. You must understand the word. That is why, listen, if you don't study the word, you'll be in error. So you don't need a prophet to tell you this, this, this. No, 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 no. Because those gymnastic and acrobatic display of one rasta, half rasta will have this impairment that you are shaking to get a wife. You realize that after you choose the woman, you need something more than that. One of the strong ingredients you need to marry is that you must fall in love. Even though it's not a good word, it's not biblical, but it's a term. Make sure you love the person. Because it's only love that could let you overlook a, a person's shortfalls and mistakes. Love covers multitude of wrongs. So when you love people, you don't even see the bad side of them. Mm. Now listen, anytime you are complaining too much, why are you like this, why are you like this, why there's something wrong with your love. Particularly when you keep on emphasizing. Because love covers multitude of wrong. So love doesn't allow you to look at the person's weakness. That is why Jesus still loves you. Because he doesn't look at your weakness. Else you will not be sitting where you are sitting. So it's a genuine love. As my father has loved me, so I have also loved you. To them with the acrobatic display in gymnastic in a while. Yeah. You don't marry for looks, you don't marry for that. So coming back to finish my message, Abraham got a word. 
Your descendants will be like the stars. So he said, what? He said, what? He said, well, give it to me. Let me finish it very fast, please. Who again so believe in who that he might become the father of many nations? According to that, which was what? Oh, according to that, which was what? Who, according to that, which was what? Who said that? So shall thy seed be. So, I know, Bible not paraphrase because the, Paul has quoted the scripture from the book of Genesis. And so shall thy seed be. And he's talking about that counting the star or counting the, the sun in the seashore. Or because I said, already 17 years, or Bob, pa! Or Kabaku 17, or Chen, and then you'll be no back and back. Or Kabaku, the stars, no back and see, no. No, call it. 10 years. But look at what Abraham did. This is what I want you to show. And be not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead. It is that he has every right to consider, but he did not consider. So when you are confessing faith, you don't consider the contrary same thing. That is why the Bible is saying that holding on to the confession of your faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. He is faithful. So if you begin to consider, because you can't look up and look down at the same time. Hallelujah. The, 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 the tablet for, the, the divine tablet for healing say that incline your ear to the word. Let it not depart from you. Keep the word in the midst of your heart. Once you do that, they are life to your they are life to those that find them and medicine to all their flesh. But for the medicine of God to work, you must incline your ear. Wow. Oh. Hmm? Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body not dead. When he was about 100 years old, he has every right to consider, but he refused to consider. Neither yet in the deadest of Sarah's womb. Look at what he did. Huh. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. So, what is the science of a strong faith? Constantly, even when the manifestation has not come, giving glory to God. I thank you that I'm having my wedding. I thank you that one day I will, I will be in a matrimony. I thank you that, Lord, three children I will cry in my house. You have not seen it, but constant. So between 70 to 30, Abraham constantly was giving glory to God. Even when the wife went to menopause, Abraham was still thanking God. Don't ever be coming to church and think you have a rival. Share. Let him, let he that think he knows, know that he know nothing yet as he ought to know. God is too big. Only shallow men think they know enough of him. <laughs> I'll say that again. I say God is so big. Only shallow men and women think they know enough of him. The more you get close to God, the more you say that you don't know. Look at Moses who talked to God face to face. He came by and said, Lord, if I found favor in your sight, show me yourself. <laughs> After the man talked to face to face, you realize that he doesn't know a lot about God. Don't just arrive. Don't just arrive. Who go to two scriptures? And what's that? I said, I know many brothers who just near what church, you know. And that did not know. He said, Oh, mommy, pop it on the bones on one cast across my. No. Take your time and keep on learning. Hallelujah. Every time I take the Bible, I feel like I'm not a Christian. Sometimes when I hear people preach, and they go into depth of the scriptures, you feel like, no, you need a lot of humility to know a lot about God. Pride can bring you to church. When we call scriptures, we will be preaching. No. 
That is why God put say, my word is new every morning. So if, if Pastor Albert is preaching or Pastor Matthew is preaching, and he keeps using one scripture, there was a day, eh, Fred Price used this scripture, Hebrews chapter, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He preached it from January to December. One scripture. It was 11-1. Yeah, 11-1. He preached it from January. He said, when I think the chief security man church bought an aircraft. He said, the first spirit entered there. One scripture. Because the word of God is new every morning. If I have to come and repeat all this scripture the next session, you will still hear something you couldn't hear in the... Yes. Yeah. If, if I repeat it, that is why you can take a tape and keep listening to the tape. And you said, ah, okay, wait, I'm a son of you. Okay, wait, I'm a son of you. Because your spirit, man, is not everything that you can take. Especially those of you with small capacity. Our capacities are not the same. It's like the classroom. Why do we sit in a classroom? Some people write as I'm getting 90, somebody get F10. <laughs> The IQs are not the same. Some people are genius. Some people are teaching in each other. You know, sure, I can't dream. Okay. If you also saw in the NCC, so and so no cry. Five bond water. We hear river. Now do you say you now? Tipo lipo. I can count now. Hong kakra kakra. Before you can learn, and no cry, you still get twenty percent. I have two daughters. One of them he has to sit and learn. That's why he doesn't learn. In fact, I'm tired. I'm tired. And then one day, they told us, those who even learn plenty, they don't do well. Yes, I remember when you're 90%, 95. It's gone. That's the way God made it. Then you tell his mother, it's okay. Put the team ahead, I won't learn. No, so that we get afraid. I say, is he going to do it? One day, he was second. And I told him, I said, the, the, the guy who was second, you can't beat him. He said, no, daddy, I can't beat him. I said, why? He said, because, you know, he's very good in mass. I'm not good in mass. So if I try, 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 you use mass to beat him. I said, no, it's not true. You can beat him in mass. But the way in nature, he has make his mind. That's what it is. I told his mother, this girl, you need that in a bar. You can bring anything to your cat if he open a for you are his friend. There are people like that. You have to know their temperament. No? It means to me, you know they see team. You know that or we be or we be we are people like that. I was struggling to learn. But you know, I don't struggle to study the Bible. Because I was not born any mathematician or they were trying to make me some bay, uh, a civil engineer or something. My family was pushing me. One of the dangerous things you can do is when your family is pushing you contrary to God's purpose for your life. I was a preacher. No, I enjoy reading the Bible. I enjoy reading things about God. It will stick right now. It's gone. Hmm? Take the Bible and I'm gone. I don't remember one formula for mathematics. One. I don't remember. I said, well, I can quote science. I can quote. I came in this place with that. But science, maths, I don't remember. And I, I refuse to remember. That's not good. I'm not a mathematician. I'm a preacher. This is what God has called me to do. Gives me satisfaction. When you see me hanging around, you can have problems. But when you know, that is what, well, huh? that is why we bring Jesus food. You eat it. Papa said, come to you, Samaria, come to you, and you Master, come and eat. Because you come now, say, come to you. Now, you can say, first time, you can say, first time, you can say, 
take the food outside. He said, I have food to eat that you don't know. Ah, has somebody brought him food? He said, no. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. Once he has got a soul, the man is satisfied. Ooh, let me throw a bomb. Let me throw a bomb. Let me throw a bomb. This one is a ballistic missile. Bomb. Are you ready for it? Do you know why you are not satisfied? It's possible you are not doing what God has called you. We can close for now. The way every time there is so much emptiness in you, it's like, check it. You have to find what God has called you to do. Once you get that thing, satisfaction will come. You will die smiling. Dr. Dr. Mas Moreau of Blessed Memory says, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, a life without a purpose. Especially when God is calling you to ministry and you want to do business. The satisfaction will not be there. A lot of business people that are struggling with their business, they are doing all the things they do for the business to rise and it's not working. Check it. Maybe you are not called to do that. There is something else you have to do. Can God send a lot, Tim? He said, I was a very good medical doctor. He said, I work 14 hours in a day. Sometimes I can sit in the consulting room, everybody has gone, I'm crying. I could feel emptiness in me. See, the day I respond to the call of God, it's like I have eaten and the food is so much in me that I'm not getting hungry again. And he said, I started enjoying life from that day. But the devil can use medical science to trap you. Because it will, it will be difficult for you to come from a family. How many, how many families have medical doctors? No. I told people that I said, I'm a doctor. 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 Uh, you do Kronumu and a village and now Omudi and Pom 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 of my uncles have lost my mind. I'm see one of my uncles said, Tons, I'm a bonum, see we, I'm see we, I see we, you know. Most of this, I won't know my, I didn't fall through my eye. But those, those days, not Sunday when you come home, I know, but share. Not about because you were umpties and bop and all my bones, I can't, I can't, I can't, I Those days, your bottoms late, me bought it was when I come. Hey, I did this old view. And my cousins were laughing at me. Hallelujah. Passion, we're just praying. Yes, how far the Lord has brought us. <laughs> you cannot tell where God is taking because when you see Moses death has visited him before right from his childhood there was a death sentence on every baby that was born God kept him the day Jesus Christ was born kill all the children so there are a lot of things that will surround your story at the end of the day God is the final say
God bless you for watching. I hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, contact World Prayer Center, PO Box GP21421, Accra, or telephone plus 233-303-413-703, or plus 233-303-413-705. Email us on info at wpcministries.org, or visit our website at www.wpcministries.org.